inspire her. Sports really is connected to my family. It was the way that I bonded with my father, with my cousins. So it was really a sense of community for me. So it always felt like home. Here's your host, Kristen Balboni. Welcome to the Inspire podcast presented by Atrium Health, a new podcast series for Panthers fans that highlights some amazing women across the Carolinas as they share stories and lessons from their lives and careers. I'm Kristen Balboni, the Panthers team reporter, and today I am joined by Deshaun Brown. If you are in the Charlotte area, odds are you have seen her excellent reporting on WSOC TV, and she's a Tar Heel to boot. You know, I had to mention that right off the bat, Deshaun, just like me. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so excited to get this opportunity to connect with you and, and to talk for the next half hour or so. It is such a pleasure and honor. I'm honestly humbled that you even thought to ask me to be a part of this. But yes, definitely shout out to the Tar Heels. Of course. And excited to see you today. You know we always have to do it, right? Whenever we meet a fellow Tar Heel. It's a little something different. I promise we'll get to the Charlotte topics too, but you got to give me <laughs> as a Tar Heel, everyone listening, just give me about 30 more seconds. It's I love that we all want to claim it and put it in. I, you know, I saw it in your social media bio and stuff. And I just, I love the the camaraderie. And I know most people have that with their schools, but... You know, it's a little, a little bit more special with us Tar Heels, right? When you have put in the work, you put that on everything. Right. <laughs> Label, every signature, you will know. I'm super proud. And I, I can't wait to to dive into your journey a little bit more from Chapel Hill to where you are now with WSOC. But first, I, I just want to get a better sense of your role. So I certainly see you in, in my role when you cover the Panthers and you always ask just such wonderful questions, by the way. I um, I always really admire that. That was a great question. Oh, that was Deshaun. Okay. When we're doing our Zoom, we did a lot of Zoom over the past year, and and hopefully we'll get to see each other more in person coming up soon as things slowly start to return to normal. But I also know that at WSOC, you cover so much more than just sports. You report on a variety of topics. So can you give us all just a little bit of a better sense of of what your role encompasses on a day-to-day basis? Absolutely. My goodness. Well, it really does depend on the day, as you just alluded to, because there's a mix of news in there, sports. Um, I filled in on our anchor desk a few times. So I've really been somewhat on the merry-go-round here in Charlotte. But That's a humble way of saying you do it all, if you don't mind me interrupting. That's I know what that is. You know what? Whatever they ask, within reason, (laughs) is is on the list. But right now, I have been uh, really delving into news reporting as we sort of gear up for Panther season, I'll be much more active. Um, but, you know, every day truly does look different. That's one of the things that drew me to the industry, but can also be a part of that ride that we're all on, mm-hmm. never really knowing what to expect in a given day. Um, but I'd like to think that my day is somewhat like a circle, like it's constantly going and I've been working to balance this. I'm sure we'll dive into that. But if I'm not trying to brainstorm story ideas or come up with pitches that might be interesting stories for us to cover, I'm looking at what's happening for the day or starting to put out requests of people that we should talk to. And then once we get in there, there's the process of putting it all together, pitching that story, getting the interviews that you need, doing the research and reading whatever it is that you need to to pull it all together for the newscast. So it really does depend on the story. But gosh, with with news and on the news side, the last year has been busy, Mm. to say the least. There's always something to cover, always something that people need to know. And I think I've grown um, just a greater appreciation for our role through the pandemic, through a lot of the social challenges and unrest that we've experienced is we really are 
performing a service for the community. So it's, Absolutely. it's an honor to do it, although it can certainly be um, you know, time consuming and things get a little hectic at times. Well, I completely agree with what you said about performing a service as a Charlotte native or not. Excuse me. I think of myself as a Charlotte native now as a Charlotte resident. I am very grateful for all that you do and and all the rest of our reporters and, and news outlets to keep us all updated and informed, especially in, as you said, what has been just a an incredibly challenging and unprecedented year on several different fronts. So we appreciate all that you, your coworkers, and everyone who's in the news business do. Um, when you are approaching, you talked about kind of how everything changes day to day, and you walked us through a little bit the process of a story from beginning to end. What draws you to a story when there are so many different things out there going on, especially on the news side, there's a lot that I'm sure you feel a responsibility to let people know about. So when you are looking for a story and you decide that you connect with something and you want to see it through, what is that process like for you and and what reaches you where you say, I've got to tell this story? You know, I feel like one of the big things that I'm looking for just in terms of story ideas is impact. So how will telling this story impact the people on the other end? How will it perform a service? Is it giving you something that you need to, to get through your day, nonetheless, your week? Um, but I'm also looking for, and I am, this is just a huge part of my passion, but the human interest stories, which often, or if not always, really still connect with those impact stories. So say, take a story about the, the vaccine, for instance. We've been reporting so much on why doctors and researchers say this is something you should do. There are also just a large number of people in the community for a number of different reasons who need more information or who feel like it's not safe or who have a lot of questions that I can help and we can help to answer or to clarify. So I'm I'm thinking about both sides. I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about what can I do to help connect the dots to really um, to be that bridge. And just some of the conversations, I mean, really talking to real people is what drives me, whether I'm covering news or sports, is being able to give them a voice for them to say the things that need to be said and to amplify that with our microphone in a way that will really resonate. And I mentioned the vaccine. You know, that's an instance where if you speak to someone in a community where they have all these questions and you allow their questions to have a voice, then I can help connect the dots with, say, Atrium, where they can answer some of those questions and really get to the heart of what the concerns are. So for me, I think the thing that really keeps my gears going is the impact of it all, but also knowing that there are real people on the other end of it who are given a voice who may not have had one otherwise. That's so well said. Uh, what a what a great purpose behind what you do and, and why you do what you do. And like I said, I, I know that as a Charlotte resident, I appreciate it. And I know there are a lot of other people. I imagine that has to feel good when people reach out to you on social media and say, you know, you're, you're making an impact. And that's that's really special. And I think that's just incredible. Thank you. It does keep you going because, you know, some of the stories that we cover are challenging or controversial, for lack of a better word. So it, it does help when you have those examples that you can refer back to where you really get a sense of the purpose behind it all to carry you through those days where it is a little more challenging or just a little more difficult to do the job that we're in. I wanted to ask you about that. Um, so I went to, as, as we said, I'll mention it again, went to UNC <laughs> just like you, did the journalism program. And I knew that I wanted to do broadcasting in some sense. And I started out with some of the traditional news broadcasting uh, classes. And I quickly realized that 
I was not cut out for the emotional heft of news reporting. It hit me very hard to see some of the stories and then have to go and investigate. And I just thought, well, I, you know, it's, it's almost like nursing or being a doctor to, to me where I go, thank goodness for the people that are able to carry that burden and get the information out or help people. But I knew that it was not something that came naturally to me. Immersing yourself in some, some really tough stories, some really sad stories, uh, and having to talk to people who are going through a lot and then just, you know, being able to to carry on and, and live your life. And I like I said, I, I admire it so much because it is a public service. Um, but that's why I work in sports. And I've worked in sports and I'm very lucky to to have a job that hopefully brings entertainment um, to people. But I, I know that I couldn't do what you do. And I'm just wondering on the personal side, which is why I love we have this outlet with the podcast, is how do you handle that emotional side or a side that might you know, I imagine it drains you personally sometimes I would think um, but it is so important so how have you learned to deal with that over your years of of covering uh, some very intense stories you know the first thing that came to mind when you um, shared your concerns even with how do you carry the emotional weight sometimes that news reporting can bring and to be totally transparent, I resisted news. <laughs> when I graduated from undergrad, I just knew sports was the path. And so my first few jobs were sports only. And it was really when I had a challenge finding the next sports job that I allowed myself to be open to. I knew I wanted to continue in journalism, but I really had to, to fight through what was going on in my head mm-hmm. to just be open to, to cover news, if I'm really honest. And you know, a lot of what you shared, I think many of us feel, but I think it's a great tool to have as you're covering news stories. You don't ever want to lose that level of empathy that I know you're expressing when you say, man, how do you carry the weight of, you know, meeting a parent that just lost their child to violence? Or, you know, we often meet people on their worst day, but I would challenge you that you would likely be great in a news reporting role as well, because you do have the empathy to be able to navigate some of those spaces. And I think that for many of us, I'll speak for myself, but for me, that's how I started to reframe how I was looking at it. I don't ever want to get so disconnected and so about the job that I can't be human when I'm on a story speaking to someone on what's likely their worst day. So for me personally, trying to manage that, I feel like it is a constant exercise. Um, I'm very blessed with the family structure that I have. My mom actually is a retired nurse, but has worked in mental health for a very long time. And I will often sort of double up and use her as my therapist, but I'll just kind of unload and talk to her about some of the things that I've seen or have covered. So I really like to make sure that I'm getting out. So it's not just resting and, you know, carrying that load with me. Um, But, you know, to be honest, something as simple as I bought a swing in the last year. I love that. (laughs) Go outside and swing and read a book or listen to music, just releasing and doing nothing, you know, just finding little things that bring me joy and ways to release it. And I'm huge, I'm a huge woman of faith. So I don't want to overlook that part of me because that helps me to, to manage. That is the reason I'm able to manage on a day to day, but between mom, that swing outside (laughs) and just my reliance on my faith. I mean, that's been a huge part of getting through some of the tough stuff. I appreciate you sharing that. That's that's great to hear. And I am going to look into a swing. That sounds awesome. 
I don't know the last time I've I've been on a swing, and I love that. I'm like, yeah, that would that would cure a lot, right? You just get out there and start pumping your feet. I imagine it feels what a great way to get back into into being a kid and into nature and forget about it all for a little bit. So totally unrelated, but I'm going to be looking into a swing immediately after we finish our conversation. Okay, I can slide you a little recommendation of the one that I have back there. It's super simple. And it is just a godsend. Yes, yes, absolutely. We will connect on that after this, no mm-hmm. doubt about it, because I'm serious about getting my swing now. You mentioned mm-hmm. that your journey was initially um, in sports. And so I would love mm-hmm. to talk a little bit more about that. I'm sure you get asked this question a lot, as do I, which is, how did you get your start? How does one who has made it to your level get to where you are? And what I tend to tell younger people is that there's no wrong way. There are so many different paths and and everyone's path is usually different. Whereas I feel like 20, 25 years ago, there was a very standard um, way to get to the role that you want to be in. Um, And so I'm just wondering what what your path looked like in a little bit more detail in terms of how you got your start. Oh, gosh, my path is certainly not a straight line. It's a lot of squiggly. No one's (laughs) is, right? Same here. So that helps to helps you to visualize. But um, I did. I came out of undergrad and it took me a year to find that first job in sports. I remember at that time, I'm aging myself a little bit, but technology changes fast. So I'm still kind of young. Same. same. <laughs> um, I know some of the stuff that the young reporters now, I'm like, I don't even know what that is. So I'm, I'm with I you on that. Shamefully, but I would send out VHS tapes of just my work so far with our student newscast at UNC Chapel Hill. I had been volunteering at the local stations back in the Charleston area where I grew up. And so I had these VHS tapes that I burned a bajillion times and I would go to the post office every week, mailing them out to stations everywhere. So I really didn't care. I was open to moving to the smallest town as far away as possible, but I just wanted to start somewhere. It took a year for that first yes. And that was in a very small town in Mississippi, Greenville, Mississippi. Um, So, I mean, that was the first job that I had where I was on air every day. I was covering high school and college sports down in Mississippi. Did that for a year. Did the same in Savannah, Georgia. And that was the moment where I mentioned to you earlier that en route to the next step or what I thought was the next step, I was ready to move up to the next thing. It took me a while to find another job. Mm -hmm. To the point where I had to have that hard conversation, do you want to quit and do something different? Or are you willing to take a different path still that will get you closer to where you want to be? And for me, that was news reporting because I didn't want to stop exercising that muscle of being a reporter. And so I did that for a couple of years in Charleston. And that was really the step before coming here to Charlotte. And when I came here, I had no idea I would cover sports at all. I came completely in a news capacity and have just been extremely blessed that over the years I would raise my hand for little things and they've become bigger things over the last couple of years. But I mean, truly, it has not been a straight path. There have been moments of doubt. There have been moments of what the heck am I doing? Why is it taking so long? All of these questions that I'm sure many reporters will ask themselves. But you know, I just try to keep it day to day. And that keeps me moving forward. As long as you're moving forward, you're making progress. I love that you shared that because I think, and I'm I'm not assuming by any means that everyone listening to this wants to be an aspiring reporter, but I do find it so interesting in all of my conversations. It feels like 
we've all had that moment where we've gotten to the end of a, a job. I know I have when you were saying that you had to ask yourself, is this what I want to be doing? Am I willing to adjust? I remember that moment for me. I mean, it's happened more than once where I go, okay, am I, am I going to take a totally different path outside of broadcasting or reporting or sports? Am I going to stick with it? Am I going to alter the expectation that I had? And so I love that we have this forum to talk about those things because I wouldn't have imagined, you know, when I see you on on the news during your reporting that you ever had that moment or that it took you a year because you're so great at what you do. And so I just really appreciate the, the honesty. And I think that anyone listening, I would imagine, has had those moments as well. And that's something I've learned when, when talking to, to other people. That we all we all go through that, and you look at someone and you go, "Gosh, they've really got it together, and they're so great at what they do." And if I could just get there, but I've had this rejection, and so I appreciate you sharing that. As you said, it it hasn't always been a straight line because I think it's that way for everyone, and it's just so rare that we get to share that with people. Many moments. There's, <laughs> I probably mentioned one or two, but there are many. But you know, to your point. The more people who are willing to share that, I think it helps to encourage other people who might be in the moment right now where it's like, we've all been in that spot. So please don't feel like it's just you and that you can't push through it because there are so many examples of people who have and find new ways to do it the next time. And you mentioned, which I was surprised about as well, um, that when you came here, there was no indication that you would be covering sports, even though that's how you got your start. What is it about sports that initially drew you in and what do you still enjoy covering today? You know what? For me, sports really is connected to my family, if that makes sense. It might sound a little weird, but I'll explain where I'm coming from when I say that. So I grew up in a very large family between my mom, her brothers and sisters and their nieces or her nieces and nephews, my cousins. And the same with my dad. They both um, grew up in a small area in South Carolina, Johns Island. Uh, They had a lot of siblings. And so I had a lot of cousins growing up. And I just remember so much of our time together especially at my grandfather's house, would be on Sundays. And we would all be crammed into one room watching the game of the week. And for me, and there were also, there weren't a lot of girls (laughs) um, among my cousins. So it was the way that I bonded with my father. It was the way that I would bond with my cousins who played football, who coached and still coach. So it was really a sense of community for me. So it always felt like home. And I was always drawn to that and covering football specifically, because that's just what I grew up around. But I appreciate, and that's why I love covering any sport. When I went to Savannah, I ended up covering more golf than I had ever been around. But it was the same level of just the work that goes into it, the camaraderie, the level of excellence that you have to be able to attain to get to the the level that we're offering, often covering. Um, So, I mean, for me personally, it really does go back to that connection with my family and some of those really, really sweet childhood memories that are tied into football. Similar situation with me. I don't think my family might have been quite as big as yours. It's just my mom's side that has a big family, but mostly um, boy cousins growing up and two older brothers and a dad. And that was that was the if you wanted to, to hang out and chat and stuff, it was in front of whatever game was on. So that's also how I developed my love uh, for sports at a very young age, because it certainly wasn't being coordinated and playing on my end. I <laughs> that's the that's the truth. I laugh when anyone says, well, did you play um, like not well ever, but I enjoy watching so I'm, I'm in the right profession uh, how do you how do you take 
that, that joy that you had and, um, and the interest that you had that started it all and continue to bring that to your coverage of the Panthers or whatever it is that you're covering? Ha- have your interests in terms of sports evolved as you've covered different teams and grown in your career um, over the course of it? Yeah. You know, I, I was saying that with football, that was really the first sport that I was exposed to, to that level. But even just in my career so far, I made the example about covering a lot of golf in Savannah, Georgia, or um, covering basketball. Like there were just so many different things that I had the opportunity to cover. And when I was actually an undergrad at UNC Chapel Hill, I worked as one of the student managers for the women's basketball team. So cool. So So it was so cool just to to get a different understanding of their day-to-day. Because I played some sports in high school, but my thing was dance. That was my love, my passion. Um, So I don't dub myself the athlete. Like I was more of a dancer growing up. But to spend that time with many of the women um, at UNC Chapel Hill and to really see their level of dedication to the thing that they were so passionate about, it just raised my understanding. It raised my appreciation for that side of um, competitive sports. So I honestly, I like to say that I can get into anything once I understand what the rules are. And I love pretty much every sport in person. There's just a different energy of being in the atmosphere. So football was for sure the start, but I mean, I can really get into anything once I understand, including curling, (laughs) which is so weird and so not at all identified with the region where I grew up, but covered it Um, or had a chance to see it on an internship a few years ago. So I really am sincere when I say the interest is pretty broad (laughs) in terms of what sports I can get into. That's impressive. I'm going to need you to explain it to me (laughs) later, because every time it comes around in the Olympics, I still don't. It's fun to watch, but I still don't understand it. But I I can relate, and I do completely understand what you're saying. I actually covered the sport that I was the least connected to that I had to dive in on and cover um, was when I worked for Fox Sports several years ago and they asked me to fill in and cover motocross and I did not I, I did not have any sense of of really what that looked like and how it worked and it really is true um, and I guess you could extrapolate this to everything that it is universal the work that goes into everything the competition aspect of it the commitment that um, anyone who is is playing I, from high school on has put into and dedicated to whatever sport it is. And there is that universal. And it's amazing. Because I would imagine you'd say that about curling. And I'd say that about motocross. And I would never have thought that going into certain sports that I did not know a lot about. But there is this really um, amazing universal, which is the hard work, the dedication, the commitment. And then the fans that support it. And the excitement regarding whichever sport it is. Which is is really neat to find out. And I've, I've learned that as well. So it's it's cool to hear someone else say that. You mentioned the, the fans. I mean, I talk so much about my family, but my dad is a huge football fan. He is not the most talkative person. He's pretty quiet if you meet him face to face. But if you start talking about his favorite sports teams, it's like a completely different personality, which, you know, that I always keep that in mind, too, because it really can be such a point of connection and joy for a lot of people. And so it's an honor to be able to be a part of that when you're on the other end reporting or really bringing that to someone, knowing that it brings in that level of joy just to be in the know or just to kind of hear what their favorite players are doing or thinking or performing relate a lot of that back to my dad as well. I love my dad's the same way. It's so funny. And I always think of sports as the universal connector. So I think about, you know, in, in normal times when you be at an airport, you can really 
stop and talk to whoever is on your right if you're both looking up and watching a game. And I don't know that everything always crosses those boundaries. So I've always thought of that as if you are, you know, you and I are Tar Heels, so we could talk for hours about that. The person beside you is watching the same thing that you're watching if you're stopped beside each other at an airport. And I love that. I, I love that about sports. And it's it's great to have these conversations so that I don't ever forget it in the day to day. So I appreciate you saying that. Uh, another thing I wanted to ask you about is is on your journey, who are the, the people that have mentored you or been important to you or who did you get advice from or still get advice from as you have grown in your career and, and taken those next steps? Gosh, the list is long yes. <laughs> and it is constantly evolving. And I feel like I've had many mentors really at different points in my career. I mean, I feel like there are certain people that I had a very strong connection with coming out of college and then certain people out of the first few years on the job. But you know, I really wanted to stress the significance of some of the women that have been a part of lifting me up a part of supporting me. And I thought that was important because, you know, oftentimes there is the appearance and sometimes it's the reality of just how competitive news, sports, broadcast journalism can be that there can't be a sisterhood. And that's just so, it's the furthest thing from the truth. And it just, um, you know, I can think of so many women and I don't want to name drop per se, because I don't want to forget anyone, yeah. but women yeah. that I could call and just vent or ask questions of, or who would be willing to stick their neck out for me and mention my name in another room that may lead to a promotion or an opportunity. I've found that. And gosh, I, <laughs> I think about even within the Panthers locker room in the last few years, a few of the female journalists there have helped and encouraged me to get my social media game together. <laughs> So there have just been so many little moments of us connecting amongst each other and really helping to promote or inspire or encourage that, you know, it's been such a significant part of my journey. I don't ever want to forget that or not take the moment to say thank you for so many of the women that have just been a part of my career so far. I completely agree. And in listening to you say that and thinking back, I truly at every step of the way on on my journey and I've worked for four different organizations three networks and now a team um, to get here and I just I have had support at every single level and in college and people that have been willing to uh, women who have been willing to go out of their way to let me know hey I believe in you how are you doing uh, you're doing a great job and and as you said sometimes we, we feel like maybe there's only one space right and sometimes there is only one space from the powers that be for, you know, in sports. And I think we're starting to get away from it, which I really appreciate. But you see the one the one chair for the woman and then the former athletes. And that's kind of the way it has always been. And so as we as we hope to, to work to change that, it's so refreshing that at every step of the way, we the women that I have been so lucky to learn from, and it sounds like you as well, uh, does not let that fact or that past reality stop them from reaching out to people who are also coming up to encouraging, to supporting, to talking about shared experiences, and then to hopefully fight for for that to not be the case in a lot of places. And I think we're starting to see change now, and it's, and it's wonderful. But you're right, the perception is not always from the outside. You wouldn't necessarily always assume that because it is a competitive business, and sometimes you do only see one woman or one person of color sitting at a table with, with, um, with a lot of people who are white guys. And uh, it's great that that you have experienced the um, the mentorship and the fellowship just as I have in your career. Uh, and so I appreciate you you reminding me of that. That's another reason I love doing these talks. 
And, you know, not to say that the reverse doesn't exist. I mean, there can definitely be soured experiences anywhere, not just in sports, not just among women. I mean, it happens among so many different groups. But I mean, it's really helped me just to to hold on to um, the conversations and the relationships that I have that have been constructive, that it really minimizes some of those other experiences that you are going to have. I mean, it's just, it's the real world. You're not going to get along with everybody. Not everyone's rooting for you. But for those who are, just allowing them to, to take up more space in your world than the reverse. When people come to you now, whether it's young women or reporters or aspiring journalism students, and they ask you for advice, and I know it's a very um, it's a very personal question. It's certainly, I'm sure you give advice based on their experiences, but is there anything that you tend to say to them that you've really taken away from those relationships that, that you've formed? Um, and any general advice that you give when people say like, how do I do this? How do I believe in myself? How did you get there? One of the biggest things that I will say now, and I feel like it's been just a part of my own self-discovery is, you know, there really is only one version of you. So as you go out there and you approach job opportunities and really marketing yourself, present your authentic self. I mean, I think back to when I started in college, I spent a lot of time trying to be what I thought a reporter was supposed to be trying to look like what I thought a reporter was supposed to look like, trying to sound like what I thought what a reporter was supposed to sound like. And it really wasn't until I was able to just gain more self-confidence and shake a lot of the stuff that had always been the mold and just said, you know what, I'm showing up as Deshaun. There's only one version of her that I was able to, you know, that I feel like more doors open when I could really present my authentic self. So that's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I would give to anyone is, Make sure that you're presenting who you are, but then also prepare, be prepared for whatever opportunity is it, it is that you're going after. I mean, don't just go in there and say, I'm great, but prepare and put in the work, do the homework, study, ask questions, surround yourself with people smarter than you or who've been where you want to go and really build up that muscle so that you are ready when the door is open, but be authentic and then be prepared. I was smiling so big during that answer. I've been smiling this whole time that we've been talking, which no one will be able to see because this is a podcast. But when you said that, yes, yes. But when you said that, I mean, I feel like we are on the same wavelength because that is legitimately the advice that was given to me that I try to share with with others as well. It has been the thing that stuck with me. And that was kind of the impetus for me asking the question. So I don't want to name drop here, but I do want to share this story. When I first started out, I was behind the scenes um, very, very very fortunate to get a behind the scenes role at ESPN as an intern and then um, on the production side and I worked on Mike and Mike and one of the people that took me under his wing was Mike Greenberg. Both of both of the mics were amazing and they let me do some stuff on the air a little bit and he uh, he was just great. He would watch my stuff with me, and just uh, he didn't have to do that. No, none of the none of the people that we've talked about, at least on my side, have had to do those things. I'm so grateful that they would just take an interest and 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 show me that they believed in me. But he said to me one day, I'll never forget it. We were standing in his office. I'm taking this with me everywhere. He said, "This only works if you're yourself." So you can't be what you think. Uh, I mean, it's almost word for word what you just said, Deshaun. But he said, "You you can't be what you think." Uh, an anchor is supposed to sound like or a radio person or um, you can't be what you think that they're supposed to look like. You can only succeed if you're your authentic self. And that means laughing at yourself and not being afraid to not take yourself seriously. And he was like, and guess what? It might not work. People might not connect to you, but you're never going to get there if you are trying to be 
something that you're not because everyone will understand that. And I try to tell people that because it meant it's be yourself, right? And it's the way you just said it is put so poignantly. And the way he said it to me, I mean, how many times have we heard be yourself over the course of our lives? And for whatever reason, that one just that time stuck with me. And I've tried to impart that in some way to anyone else who asks me. It sounds like you do as well. So I I love that. And I think it applies to not just broadcasting or reporting. Um, I I think it applies to any any time that you show up or try something new in, in your life. And I've really benefited a lot from that advice. Uh, So I just, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, same. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? I mean, just especially among women, I will say this because one of the things, even in terms of my look, I struggled so much with like, oh my gosh, hair. I obviously wear my hair very curly right now as it um, grows naturally, but I spent so many years straightening it, not because I always wanted to, but because I felt that I would not get the job that I wanted if I didn't. And it really wasn't until I reached that point with me, not even with another employer, where I said, you know, I'm not happy like this. I need to present myself as I really am. And I can tell you, even just that physical transformation on air felt like a weight lifted. I felt like my performance changed because I was no longer performing, but was really presenting as my complete self. So, I mean, it really does take on so many different forms, whether that's your speech, your physical appearance, your cultural differences, like there is so much more space now to really present who you are. And I think the viewers appreciate that because there are just different points of connection or education that can happen when you show people who you really are, where you really come from. You know, there's just a great opportunity in being who you are as well. It's another moment. I know I've said this three or four times, but I'm just very grateful to have the space that we can talk about that because of course, I just I appreciate you sharing those experiences and that we have these spaces to talk about these things um, because I, I'm learning um, and I'm you know I just it's just great and I am so grateful that you will share all of these experiences with me and that we have this platform um, thanks to the Panthers and Atrium to talk about all of these things and I got to tell you like what a great way to spend I said it was going to be thirty minutes of course I could talk to you for two <laughs> hours right. Um, But what a great opportunity for me to get to talk to so many incredible women like you, Deshaun, about things that typically in my job covering sports, I don't get a chance to talk about on air and that hopefully other people will get to to listen to and benefit from. So I just want to say thank you so much for taking the time out of your day, your busy day, to to sit down and and dive deep into into some of these things with me. I, I can't thank you enough. No, I mean, it has been my sincere pleasure. Listen, you you really did such a great job and are doing such a great job of making it easy for for me to have this conversation with you. Um, So it's just a pleasure. It has not felt like, (laughs) it feels like we've been sitting here for five minutes, which I know we haven't, but it's been just such an authentic, free-flowing conversation. And I appreciate you for really helping to facilitate that. Thank you so much. And I hope we get to do this in person coming up soon with the season around the corner, maybe over a glass of wine at some point. Um, But I just thank you so much for the time.